So dear friends, my name is Peggy and I'm gonna do a little talk tonight. Um, we, our theme has been the 14 mindfulness trainings and to pick one and talk about our practice with it. So I picked uh, the seventh mindfulness training, dwelling happily in the present moment, but I named my talk dwelling in the present moment happily more often than not. Um, so when I'm scheduled to give a talk, I like to pick a practice and work with it for a period of time and then see what unfolds, what happens, what I learn. So about six weeks ago, I was struggling with how to hold and cope with the political scene that was going on, I mean, on top of the pandemic and everything else. The political chaos um, and political leaders and how to hold that, uh, I wasn't feeling kindly, <laughs> and how to hold that in my heart in some healthy way. Uh, I can draw from my personal experience uh, and cope with the grief and the uh, frustrations and all of the pandemic, but the political stuff was just kicking my butt. So Barbara Newell had emphasized paying attention to what's happening in, uh, in your mind and in your body right now. She was emphasizing that. Um, at first, that wasn't helping me very much because what was going on in my mind was mirroring. If I was watching the news, it would be mirroring what was on the news. So that wasn't feeling very good. Um, I could turn off the news, but then that unease, it would recede into the background, but it was still there um, and it hovered. So I was reading a Tony Hillerman novel uh, set in the Navajo Nation. And uh, he talks about, or he refers to hosro or harmony uh, in the midst of whatever's going on, how to maintain harmony. And last month, Linda gave a great talk about equanimity and so how could I generate compassion and feel equanimity when people were yanking the rug out from under me? Um, be calm and clear in the chaos. Well, fortunately, that some of that political chaos has abated. The election is over and um, transition is beginning. So that has helped some but I still am continuing with what I decided to work on six weeks ago. I decided to take refuge in Sangha and to explore more deeply the practice of bringing myself into the present moment. Um, maybe in, in a nourishing way. So I found the seventh mindfulness training to be good to work with. I'm going to read the seventh mindfulness training dwelling happily in the present moment. Aware that life is available only in the present moment, we are committed to training ourselves to live deeply each moment of daily life. We will try not to lose ourselves in dispersion or be carried away by regrets about the past, worries about the future, or craving, anger, or jealousy in the present. We will practice mindful breathing to be aware of what is happening in the here and now. We are determined to learn the art of mindful living by touching the wondrous, refreshing, and healing elements 
that are inside and around us in all situations. In this way, we will be able to cultivate seeds of joy, peace, love, and understanding in ourselves, thus facilitating the work of transformation and healing in our consciousness. We are aware that happiness depends primarily on our mental attitude and not on external conditions, and that we can live happily in the present moment simply by remembering that we already have more than enough conditions to be happy. Okay, so hopefully this would offer some good practices for me. So I decided, I decided to start with the phrase, um, training myself to live deeply each moment in daily life. And so what does training mean in this context? Uh, it's not like training for a marathon. Um, it isn't training like you're going to train for the run and then the, you have the race and then it's all over. Um, this isn't really a goal or an end game accomplishment. It's more on the, for the development of well-being, for the development of strength and an improved quality in my life. And maybe for improved contribution that I can make for others. But training involves routine and steady, repetitious exercise. Okay, so how do I train? my next question. First, I said, okay, if I'm going to train to dwell in the present moment, what would I be training toward? So I sat with that question for a bit. And um, Thich Nhat Hanh wrote in, in the book Interbeing about the Chinese character for mindfulness has two components, heart or mind and present moment. To be mindful is to be fully present in the moment. Mindfulness can be practiced throughout the day, walking, sitting, standing, lying down, working and wrestling, re wrestling, resting. <laughs> I would add rec recreating to this because I mean, that's important too. So conscious vehicle, he, he continues to write, conscious breathing is the vehicle that brings us back to the present moment and keeps us here. It helps us be in the here and now where true life can be encountered. So I wanted to train myself in conscious breathing. I really would like to encounter true life. And then Thich Nhat Hanh in his introduction to interbeing writes, uh, let me see, get my book out here. Page four. Too many people distinguish between the inner world of our mind and the world outside, but these worlds are not separate. They belong to the same reality. The ideas of inside and outside are helpful in everyday life, but they can become an obstacle that prevents us from experiencing ultimate reality. If we look deeply into our mind, we see the world deeply at the same time. If we understand the world, we understand our mind. This is called the unity of the mind. 
So I wanted to train myself to connect my outside world and inside world as part of this conscious breathing. Thich Nhat Hanh went on to talk about, let me see here. Um, I got the wrong page. Mindfulness leads to concentration and wisdom. We develop concentration and wisdom along with a deep sense of joy and happiness because we see deeply into the nature of reality. We see how wonderful the world and the beings, animal, vegetable, and mineral, mineral that inhabit it are. So um, the author of the book, Braiding Sweetgrass, which is Robin Wall Kimmerer, uh, is both an indigenous person and a scientist, which is an interesting combination. She said that the knowledge that we're gathering, knowledge breaks the world into pieces and separates them for study. Wisdom comes from a string of insights and makes the world whole. So I wanna be present so there's space for insights to arise and to bring my knowledge into wholeness. I wanted to connect my inside world and my outside world through conscious breathing. So to me, that meant training to connect my body and my mind, my inside world, with the conditions and circumstances around me in any particular moment on the outside world. And so that's what I would wanna create an exercise for. So I'll talk about the exercise I created here in a minute. And first I want to, uh, I had to think about, okay, what is it I need to strengthen? And one of the things I needed to strengthen is my habit of stopping uh, to pay attention. I can go a whole day. Um, and you know how you're supposed to like, stop and take three breaths, I can go a whole day without stopping, <laughs> without intentionally stopping and taking a breath or maybe once during the day because I just you know, tend to forget it. Thich Nhat Hanh suggests gatas or mindfulness bells like turning on a light switch and saying a gata or going up and down stairs. Each time you go up and down the stairs, you say something to remind yourself to be present. Uh, putting on shoes, you know, different cues like that, but I haven't been good at those at all. I wrote a gossip one time to say whenever I put on a mask, like for the pandemic, and I found that uh, I remembered to say that gata maybe once when I, out of maybe 10 or 12 times that I had to put my mask on. So that was not going to work real well for me. So I wanted to um, train myself to respond to inner cues rather than some outside cue. Um, and I also wanted to do repetitions, not just when I felt like it um, or when I just happened to remember. I used to do a workout. Uh, I, I used to work out all the time at curves, um, doing a curve circuit. And I would, at first I'd say, do I want to do a workout today? And the answer would be, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. I don't really feel like it. So, you know, sometimes I would go and sometimes I wouldn't. 
Well, as you can imagine, nothing much happened as far as my well-being. So finally, I decided to just show up and not uh, entertain my resistance, not ask about my preferences. I just began to show up. And when I started doing that, after a while, I started to really notice the uh, change. The same was true for me with Sangha, because many years ago, when I first started with Sangha and sitting, sometimes I would go to Sangha and sometimes if I said, nah, I don't feel like going tonight, I wouldn't go. Uh, or I had other things I could do, or I just didn't feel like it. And so or maybe when, it, when there was something difficult I was experiencing and I needed to sit, then I would sit. But um, I would experience some short, uh, benefits, but they didn't last. So finally, I just said, okay, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to go. I'm not going to entertain whether I feel like it or don't feel like it. I'm not going to entertain my resistance. And I just started showing up. And that's when I started to notice a really noticeable shift in the way I experienced my life. So with this talk coming up and um, six weeks ago, I started this, I decided to train in bringing my attention to the present moment, regardless of my mood. In fact, checking in with my mood and my state of mind would be part of that process. So now I needed an exercise. So I started with guided meditation um, during my daily meditation practice. I would guide myself internally. I would say it and Rowan's sitting there. He had no idea what I was doing, but I would be doing this guided meditation in my mind, uh, similar to the one I used tonight um, that I introduced. I would intentionally guide myself to connect with the conditions around me, uh, my state of mind and my body and then resting in that awareness, trying to hold the three together, touching the three and, and just resting in that present moment. <clears throat> so next I wanted an exercise that would help me gather those three areas of mind, body, and the outside world into my consciousness in order to practice conscious breathing. So I made up an acronym it's gonna sound kind of funny, but uh, it's an acronym that I could use during the day as a quick and easy cue. And it's just three letters, BMC, body, mind, conditions. Now, if you wanna use BMC, you could always do MCB or CMB, you know, you could change it around, but uh, mine's pretty much BMC. <laughs> And it's quick, it's easy, um, and it's, it's kind of like an earworm. So uh, it was easy for me to, to cue into. So the B is for body. What am I experiencing right now in my body? So I take a mindful breath and then I connect to the rhythm of my breathing. And then I scan my body to note what am I feeling? My skin, my muscles, um, just scanning and settling in. Temperature, texture, aches, pains, pleasant sensations, breathing, all of that. 
Fapai reminded us in his recent talk that experiencing the present moment can only come through our senses. So I needed to be in touch with my body in order to bring myself into the present moment. And um, so I'm collecting my, the um, sensations in my body and be, my awareness of my body. And this is a collection process. I'm scanning to see what's going on and then I'm collecting that body awareness and I'm going to connect it to mind and outside conditions. So BMC, M is mind. To check in with my mind, I ask what is the state of my mind right now? And what feeling states are present? And so I just bring my awareness to notice what's happening. Is my mind agitated or depressed or spacey, uh, scattered, random, content, joyful? And this is a tricky um, check-in because it involves collecting your mind without getting caught up in the stories, without getting caught up in thoughts about it, just touching it without analyzing it. So uh, then the third aspect is conditions, as I just use C for conditions, um, because it's in the mindfulness training, we already have enough conditions to be happy. So I'm just kind of using conditions as a word. Anybody could pick a different word if you wanted to try coming up with your own acronym. Um, but what circumstances or conditions exist around me right now? And like um, Barbara Newell said, what's happening in the present moment? What is going on right now? So what circumstances in my life are affecting my state of mind right now? Awareness of my surroundings and the current conditions. And this is tricky too, just touching the conditions and the circumstances but not analyzing, not running off in stories, just noticing. So as I check in with my body, I hold that awareness as I breathe in and out. And then I add in, kind of expand and add in awareness of my state of mind. And then I expand and add in the awareness of the conditions around me and affecting me. When I've gathered all three together, then I feel like I am being present in that moment. And aha, there, I felt like I was experiencing conscious breathing. Um, the strength of this is not in muscling these three areas into awareness, not muscling them and wrestling with them. It is simply, um, the, it's the art of uh, kind of touching each and trying to hold them, an awareness of them. Sometimes only one will stick, sometimes two, and sometimes more often now I get all three at the same time. And um, that really gives me a deeper sense of presence. So once I had a training exercise that I could use for doing the repetitions, I set an intention to do this throughout the day. Next, I worked on, uh, so the next thing I needed to work on was transitions from like when I'm busy doing something, cooking in the kitchen or even watching TV or 
um, you know, like the news or going for a walk or whatever I happen to be involved in. I needed a way then to transition into focusing um, on the present moment using that BMCQ. So uh, it started out pretty abrupt and intrusive, um, having a, but having a, like this catchy phrase BMC was, was that kind of worked for me. So it was abrupt and a little bit awkward at first. And sometimes I would have to like, just, I would stop and then I would check in, okay, check in with everything. And then the more and more what I was trying to do was to, to be able to do this while I'm engaged in something so that I could be present with whatever I was doing. I think that was part of the purpose of conscious breathing is to be present, not just sitting on the cushion and not just stopping and taking three breaths. But I did find that just stopping and taking three breaths and moving on, just I just didn't get any depth from that. So I was did this practice as throughout the day doing whatever I was doing, just stop, you know, just suddenly shifting my attention to be aware, what are my hands doing? What's going on around me? How's my body feeling? What's going on in my mind? What's the state of my mind? And I would bring those together. And at first it took me a little juggling, but as I got smoother with it, the transitions into that were smoother and I would be continuing with what I was doing, but being very present with it. And um, it, it just got easier and stronger. <clears throat> Lately, I've been adding in another little ritual to this exercise and that's gladdening. Fop High talked about intentionally gladdening the mind. And the seventh mindfulness training states that we can live happily in the present moment simply by remembering that we already have more than enough conditions to be happy. And then um, Thich Nhat Hanh says in Interbeing, if we are not happy and joyful in our practice, it will become weak. Joy and happiness strengthen our practice and make it stronger. I have found uh, that it's an important part of, um, of, of increasing harmony for myself or balance. So when I'm doing the BMC exercise, I try to notice something among my mind, my body, um, or the conditions around me that make me smile. And then before I shift back to what I'm doing. Another useful exercise um, is in my guided meditation. Remember, I included that awareness of the reciprocity that is alive in the sharing of breath between the animal life and plant life. This came from the book Braiding Sweet Grass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Um, this this is just a really powerful awareness for me and it helps me connect at a deeper level. So it's basically interdependence. So after training to draw myself into the present moment or the conscious breathing like this for six weeks, then I thought, okay, I'm gonna ask myself, what have I noticed? 
I didn't really set any expectations other than the hope that I could connect inside and outside um, those two worlds and um, integrate them and that I could understand conscious breathing better. So I guess I can't say that I dwell uh, in happily uh, in every moment or in the present moment all the time, but I am hitting the present moment more often. More often than not, maybe. Surprisingly, though, it shouldn't be that surprising to me, I guess, is that uh, over the training, over the six weeks of this practice, um, this shifting into awareness, you know, of the mind, the body, mind, and, and conditions, that has become less distinct. It's just like I can flow into it and I, I just kind of more often it, I can be aware of that without having to be consciously making myself go into that space. I shift more frequently and more naturally. So I don't dwell there, but I have increased my capacity uh, to draw my awareness into the relationship with what I'm engaged in. So being in the present moment is less separated from the activities of my life. There's another thing I noticed that when I started, I would stop and take three bests and then go on about my business. And it was, it was um, helpful uh, maybe in interrupting a hectic mood or something. But um, what I discovered in doing this more conscious breathing, <laughs> it's a little like if you've never worn glasses and you get glasses and you put them on and you thought you were seeing normal and then you put the glasses on and all of a sudden you can see with so much depth and clarity that it's kind of startling and you get a sense of freedom. And so that's, that kind of describes a little bit about what I experienced. Another thing I've noticed is I feel compassion uh, arising without having to muster it up or think about it. Uh, I'm, I'm more sensitive to the chaos and the pain in the world and I cry more easily during the news but I feel less powerless and less overwhelmed. I really feel like I can really feel the people that are about the people that are sick with COVID and their families and the grieving. Um, I feel the struggle of marginalized people and particularly lately, I've been feeling something really strongly about the refugees, the Ethiopian recipe refugees and what they're going through. So normally that would depress me and I'd want to avoid that. But now I feel a lot more confident that I can, that I have calmness and um, a sense of presence that I can offer that goes into the collective that in some ways 
can maybe a grain of sand on a beach, but it feels like I am able to contribute something to the collective that way, and maybe to the people that are hurting. So I named this talk, Dwelling in the Present Moment Happily More Often Than Not. And I wanna point out that life, as you know, is not a string of Pollyanna moments. Like human experience is rich with challenges. I actually um, find joy in meeting a good challenge, but I'm not necessarily feeling the joy while I'm navigating that challenge. Um, but I am better able to notice happiness elements um, that are around me and happiness moments to soothe the hurts and gladden my mind. So I guess I could say maybe an enlightened being can dwell happily in the present moment all the time. But I think happily more often than not is a pretty good space to be for us lay people. So enjoy being happy more often than not.